You may be seated. At Maria Tefano, so awesome to see so many bright and cherry faces smiling back at me this morning, and especially to see some new ones. And I recognize, I recognize at least, I'm pretty sure, one face that I recognized when I was passing out boxes as well. So uh, I just want to say, if you are new here to the Fuddy this morning, I just want to give you a warm welcome, and I'd like Excite Church. If our Fano could give them a huge warm welcome this morning as well. Welcome to the Fuddy. Welcome to the final. I don't, I don't know what you thought church was before you came in this morning, but uh, you're going to get a lesson on what church is at Excite Church this morning. Amen. It's exciting. It's exciting. And uh, so I just want to actually, um, just for my own benefit, um, benefit, benefit, I'd like to see if you received the parcel during the week. Can I just see your hand? Just quickly. Just, I'm not going to make anybody else look. If you received the parcel, oh, awesome. Cool. So we've got some of the whanau coming in here that received the parcel in the weekend. So bless you guys. Hey, it was so cool. So cool to be able to do this. Hey, we've heard all the testimonies, so I won't go on about it. Although I've got the mic, so I probably can. You can't really do much about it. But uh, like there was one, I just want to give you one testimony. And Ruth was right. You know, sometimes we were wanting to bless families, but also just... I walked up to this, uh, this one woman's house, and, and she was um, in her 90s. She'd just recovered from a heart attack, and she was in recovery, and she had no family around. She never received anything, and I knocked on the door, and she opened up, and, I, and she sort of looked at me, but luckily, I took my kids with me, so there was, like, there was me, and then there was cute, you know? So, so the, the response was sort of like... Yeah. So it sort of warmed them up a little bit, and then they looked up and they saw the package. And <laughs> so, um, so you know, let them know what the co-papa was, and that we were just there to bless them. And and her response to me was, "Are you sure you've got the right house? Are you sure you've got the right place? This doesn't happen to me. I don't get this stuff. People don't come to my house and give me things, you know." And 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 I just said to her, "I I, sh- I am positive I've got the right house." even more so now, you know? And, and this is what this was all about. This wasn't about celebrating Easter eggs and, and uh, gorging ourselves on chocolates and a, and a celebration and things like that. Or it wasn't even about advertising the church. This was all about being the love of God here on earth. This was all about walking in the resurrected life and walking out and freely giving. We've been... We've been uh, teaching the sermon series for the last month about the blessed life. And a big theme throughout it is the theme and the, and the principle of sowing and reaping. And what this is, this is sowing a seed time of love. And what we're going to reap is a harvest of souls. We're going to reap a harvest of people recognizing that God is alive, that God loves them, that He's very real, that He's very present in their lives. So I, I just encourage you as our church whānau, and if this is your first time here, uh, you're hokainga now, so you are part of the whānau now. See you next week. It's awesome to have you here. Um, but So if we could all as a family together over the coming weeks and months just pray that these seeds that have been sown will fall on good soil and will come to fruition for, the, for God's will, for God's kingdom, because that's how we're going to see real change in Northland. It's, it might just start with an Easter box for someone, but it might end in, 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 in it might result, the fruit of that might be freedom, freedom for an entire family, freedom for a person from loneliness, from addiction, from anxiety. It started with a seed of giving. 
and the harvest is eternal. Amen? I just wanted to impress that upon you. I'm going into my sermon time a little bit here, but uh, the first thing I'm going to do now is just pray, because I, I want to pray before I go into the Word. So, thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you so much for what you did on the cross, and what an awesome Sunday that we get to celebrate your resurrection, your death, your burial, and your resurrection, the newness of life in you. Father, I just pray that the words I speak this morning would go out and be cast upon good soil, Father, that your word would take root. I know that it doesn't return void. So, Lord, I am expectant to see change in people's lives from today onward, Father. I'm expectant for people to take hold of what you want to say to them this morning. And for that person there that has heard the word of God this morning, even talking to them before they came in this morning, the Lord is saying to you, open your ears, open your heart, listen and be expectant because I am speaking to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, this month we are talking on why. The sermon theme is why. And I get to, I get to preach on why Easter. Why do we celebrate Easter? Christmas is probably one of the biggest holidays in Western society and Western culture. It is a, it is a Christian holiday. But it's not the biggest date or the most important date for us as Christians. It's not the biggest and most important celebration. The biggest day on the calendar, I believe, for us is today, Easter. Because this is when it all went down. This is when Jesus completed His work. It is finished. It is done. And this is why we get to walk in absolute freedom. You see, before I was a Christian, I had this idea of what church was. I had this idea of what Christianity was. And it's only since walking in relationship with the Lord that I've discovered that I only had half the story, and even that half wasn't that accurate. You know, and, and I think this is one of, the, one of the ploys of the enemy is he gets out there and he, he, he sows these, these seeds of a story that are almost the truth. And then people don't truly understand the reason behind Easter. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to share with you a little bit my revelation of, of what Easter really is. Because when, when, before I was Christian, I thought that Christianity was all about this guy, Jesus, who came along because we were all sinners, because we were all naughty little boys and girls, and God was ready to whack us with a big stick. And then Jesus goes, no, 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 they're all good. I'll die on their behalf, and, and, and Lord, you can forgive their sins, and, and they can be free. And, and, and Lord, can they go to heaven now and not hell? And see, I thought I thought Christianity was all about you're going one way or the other. You know, even I, I thought it was I thought it actually depended on whether you were good. You know, all the good boys, they go to heaven. The bad boys, they go to hell. This is my understanding of Christianity. Jesus, I didn't even truly understand who he was, why he was important in all of this. Why why is there this Jesus guy? Why isn't it just God? You know, and God says, Yeah, you're going this way or that way. Why what's the point of Jesus? And I didn't understand all of this, you know? But but Easter, what it's all about, yes, we were separated from God. And this, this was the result of one man's disobedience. This was the result of Adam's disobedience. In the, in the Garden of Eden, he ate a fruit that he was told that he was not to eat. He could have anything else. And he ate this fruit. And then from there, we were, we, we were in separation from God. And whether you like it or not, we, we live in that separation. If we're living from the flesh, if we're living in the old man before we know God, we are living in separation and opposition to God. And what Jesus has done, see, they, they brought these laws in. In the Old Testament, they brought these laws in, the Mosaic laws. And, and what the laws did, 
they, they revealed to us everywhere that we were separated from God. So the laws, um, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, all of those things, all of the laws that are written in the Old Testament, they were like a mirror to reflect back to us our, our, our disconnection or our separation from God. And so what the Word says is that the law actually brought sin alive, really, or made it more apparent, yeah? But what Christ did, I'm giving you a quick nutshell, what Christ did is He came along. See, the law, we had to come and bring a lamb to say, Lord, I'm sorry this year, have this lamb as my sacrifice. Lord, I'm sorry this year, have this bull. Lord, I'm sorry. And we had to bring sacrifices, blood sacrifices to say, Lord, I'm sorry, here's my sacrifice. Just, you know, let me be in good stead with you for another year or another week. I've done something wrong, I'm sorry. And we had to keep bringing this, but it was never lasting, never lasting. Then we'd fall off and then we'd have to come back again and we'd have to repeat the sacrifice. We'd have to repeat the repentance and time and time again. But when Jesus came, he was the ultimate lamb without blemish, perfect, never sinned, never could. And he came to the cross and he bore all of our iniquity. He bore all of our sin, everything that separates us from God. He bore it, took it to the cross, died, paid the price with his blood, went to the grave, as Pastor Paul said, this is very important, because he took the, the, the seed for that sin, where it comes from, and took it to the grave, and it died there. And this is where a lot of people stop, where they go, I've been forgiven, okay, I'm good. But we need to walk through the grave, recognizing the death to the old man, the old life, the death to sin, because it's that death of the old man that actually frees us from sin. See, if the old man doesn't die, then the old nature is still susceptible to sin. The old nature is always going to be there. You can't beat into shape the old man, the old woman. I can't get the old Reuben who didn't know the Lord and try and make him better, try and make him more Christ-like. I might make him look good, walk good, talk good, do good things, but he will never, ever enjoy full relationship with the Lord until he is dead. This is a spiritual thing. So my body has to go into that grave, and I have to reckon my old self completely dead. Why? Because once I'm dead, I can enjoy the resurrected life with Jesus. Once we die, once we reckon ourselves dead, we can see ourselves risen with Christ. I hope I'm not losing you here. That's cool. All right. I've been jumping around a little bit, but this is, this is the nutshell. So we have been justified by faith, not by what we've done by faith. And we stand in grace by faith through our Lord Jesus. I'm going to explain these things to you. So in Romans 5, 1 and 2, and the scripture's coming up, therefore, having been justified by faith, having been made right by faith, we have peace with God. So our making right, this is what Christ did, and all we have to do is have the faith that that's what He did, believe that's what He did. In Romans 10 and 9, I think it is, or 9 and 10, it says, those who believe in their heart, speak with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in their heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So it's our faith that brings us to a place where we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also... We have access by faith 
into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have access into this faith. So how have we been justified? How have we been set free? How have we been made right with God in Romans 5, 10, and 11? All of these scriptures are coming out of Romans 5 and Romans 6. I encourage you to go back and read through these chapters after this. There's much more. But in Romans 5, 10 to 11, it says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. So that's what I was talking about before. Because of the one man's decision, we were all separated from, the, from God. Yeah, through that one man's decision. For if we, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. I want to bring that up in the Passion Translation. Um, and just read this. This is Romans 5.10 in the Passion Translation. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son. I think you guys have got that now. Through what Jesus did, we're reconciled with God. We're in relationship. Then something greater than friendship is ours. This is more than about an angry father who is, who is grumpy with, with a kid who's done wrong. This is about more than friendship. This is a close relationship. Now that we are at peace with God, and because we share in His resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion. Now, this is talking not just about being saved from hell. I'm going to tell you right now that there's salvation and there's salvation. There's salvation when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Your salvation is assured. You are going one way. But that is there is much more to this. There's the resurrected life. And if we would learn to walk in the resurrected life, born of the Spirit, you and I would experience true salvation here on earth. I am speaking to those that are feeling trapped. I am speaking to those that are feeling held by addiction, held by sin, who feel that they cannot do right. They're going, I always want to do this. I always want to do right, but I never seem to do it. You know, I know what's wrong and I always seem to do that. I'm speaking to those that have this morning got angry with their spouse or, or shouted in anger or, or, or experienced road rage or someone who was using last night or someone who was in the drink last night or someone perhaps who felt unworthy to even step through this door this morning. I'm speaking to those who are feeling trapped by the flesh. There is salvation in the life of Christ. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. You are reborn, not of flesh, nor of any man's decision, but of the Spirit of God. And if we can recognize that, understand that, and take that revelation, we can walk in true salvation. Amen. And that's going, that this is something that it might not happen right now, although I have faith that it can. It might happen over a walk. It might happen over a time. But have faith that Jesus sets you free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. 
and have faith that you are in a body right now who are committed to and willing to walk with you through into that freedom. This is the blessed life, the life in Christ. Amen? This excites me. This is salvation in the here and now. Who knows we have access to the kingdom of God right now? Who knows we have access to the kingdom of God right now? Who knows that we can walk in salvation right now? We don't have to wait until we're gone to sleep. Right now we can walk in salvation. We have entered into His grace. 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 God's riches at Christ's expense. Unmerited favor. The thing about grace is that you and I could never, have never, will never do anything enough to deserve it. It's the very definition of grace. There's freedom even in that. Understanding that there's nothing you can do to earn it. It is simply a gift from God. And people don't understand free gifts. We saw that when we're going door to door. This is free. What? What's the catch? Where's the strings? Who are you? I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. Because the things of God don't make sense to the world. But it's a free gift. Man's fallen nature has been revealed by the law. But for every sin that is brought to light by the letter of the law, God's grace is overflowing through Christ's obedience. For every sin that's brought to light by the letter of the law, for every sin that's brought to light by the letter of the law, God's grace is overflowing through Christ's obedience. Not through yours, through Christ's obedience. Amen? In Romans 5, 20, 21, the Apostle Paul writes this, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. What that means is that the law entered so that we might be made aware of the offense towards God, made aware of sin. And, and when the law is present, we are more sin conscious. You heard Paul, Paul touched on this. Are we sin conscious? This morning at prayer time, sorry it was. Are we sin conscious or are we righteousness conscious? And what the law does, it makes us sin conscious. It points at us and goes, this is what you're doing wrong. So that's what it means by sin abounds. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, because we know the wages of sin is spiritual death, where sin reigned in death, even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I hope you're with me here. So when we hear that, when, when sin abounds, grace abounds even more. It superabounds. It overflows. It, it covers all sin. There is no, for every, if, even if we've gone, there is, no, there is no too far for God. You have never gone too far because grace will just abound even more. God's grace is limitless. So you might ask yourself, okay, Reuben, is this a get out of jail free card for me then? Sweet. So if sin abounds, why don't I just keep on sinning so I can have more grace? Why don't I just keep why don't I just keep living that sinful life so that the grace can just keep overflowing? I want more grace 
So by this equation, more sin equals more grace. But the Apostle Paul addressed this, thankfully. Thank you, Paul. In Romans 6, verse 1 and 2, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? If we're walking in the resurrection life where grace abounds, then we have died to sin. The flesh that is susceptible to the sin, that is dead and gone. Sin no longer has any authority over you. Depression no longer has any authority over you. Addiction no longer has any authority over you. Anxiety no longer has any authority over you. The enemy no longer has any authority over you. You have given up. You have released yourself. No, Christ has released you from the authority of sin. And why? So that we can live a life for Him who died for us. So that we can walk in, in, in a slave ship to righteous living. So that we can walk in the righteousness of God. Oh, kia ora. Oh, the worship team. Hallelujah. She's just ministering. She's just ministering. She's saying, Pastor, your time's up. You're rattling on a bit there, Pastor. I'm just going to play a song now. We're going into worship. She's listening to the Spirit. Amen. So as followers of Christ, let's not just walk in half the promise of God. Let's not walk around as the, as the this might be a bit gruesome, but as the spiritually undead. Are we just animating a dead body here? Are we just walking around in the old man and trying to get it to walk in the way of the righteous? The Scripture says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. It doesn't say you might be, you will be, you might get there one day. It says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't forget that last part. Yeah? The remission of sins on the cross by the death of Christ is amazing. The veil was torn and we gained access. We gained access so that we could step boldly into the throne room of God in Christ and by His finished work. But there is much, much more. A new life is promised. A here and now salvation from the grip of sin in our lives. And in Romans 6, 5, and 7, it says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. You see, I didn't make it up. It's written in the Word of God. I didn't make it up. This isn't some out there doctrine that uh, Reuben just sort of mixed up for his own delight. No, this is, this is what God's saying to you. He's saying to you, if we're united with Christ in His crucifixion, in His death, and in His burial, then, then surely we're also united with Him in His resurrection, in His new life. 
But you're saying, well, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm living in a new life. So did that really happen to me? And I'm saying that, that the grace we receive is by faith. So the only part we have to do to receive that is to have faith that this is what he's done. And, and if, if you want to learn more about this, You've come on an awesome day because, one, it's Resurrection Sunday, so I get to talk on, like, my favorite thing to talk about. And, two, we're actually starting on step one of Pathway after church. So in this, in this, in this step, we actually start talking about some of these things and the desire of God and for you and that, that it's to know Him better and grow with Him. So I encourage you to come along to that straight after the service. Oh, she just wants to play, Dad. She just wants to play. She just wants to express the worship. For he who has died has been freed from sin. You know, I often think of this as, you know, when you say to me, yeah, but I don't feel free from sin. That's all very well, Reuben. You've told me the theory, but I'm struggling with the walk. I don't feel free. You know, when they, when they take a bear from captivity, and this, and this bear has been chained to just a, a stake in the ground with five foot of chain, and that's their world. From since, before, from since they were a cub. So all they've ever known is this five-foot radius circle around this stake in the ground. This is like us chained, chained to sin in the old man. And Christ coming through from the cross is like, is like what he did on the cross is like breaking that chain, smashing it. And we might see that the chain is broken, but often with a bear that has been raised in this five-foot radius, you take the chain off, and they won't go outside of that five-foot radius. It just keeps going, keeps walking in that circle. It keeps walking in the pattern of the world. I think it's in Romans 12, it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so there's a faith aspect. See, that bear that you and I that have been chained by sin, we need to realize and have that faith that that chain is actually broken and that there are some patterns we need to start throwing out. And there is a, there is a renewing of our mind that needs to happen as we step out from the boundary of that five-foot circle and realize that the grass is greener under our feet wherever we walk. Amen, Pastor Paul. The grass is greener under our feet everywhere we walk, and that there is a new life. There is a life outside of that five-foot chain. And even though all of the world is telling us, if you do this, you'll get this, the Lord is saying, no, if you would just trust me, then you would have freedom in me. So he's saying, just step outside of that five-foot chain. There might be some patterns or there might be some habits or there might be some things that you, you need to try something new to get something new. And in the past, you might have tried it without Christ in your life and it has failed. But I'm telling you right now, born again of the Spirit, if you would step outside of that chain, Christ will enable you. Christ will give you the grace to walk out that new life. Amen. Come on, come on. Somebody's happy about that. Come on. Pastor Paul also touched on this, and this is going to be my, my last scripture, but Romans 6, 10 to 11. 
for the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. He died once. He doesn't need to keep dying. You don't need to keep going back to that cross. You don't need to keep you don't need to keep bowing at the foot of the cross and going, please forgive me again and again and again and again and again and again. He's done it once and for all. So we need to be co-buried with him. So we need to go beyond that cross. The cross is empty. To the tomb. That old man needs to die. But guess what? The tomb is empty. Because we need to go from the tomb and we need to walk into resurrected life. We need the renewing of our mind. We need to walk outside the patterns of this world. We need to have faith that what Jesus did was a finished work and that what Jesus did is in us and that there's nothing that we could have ever ever done, will ever do, have ever done, are ever doing that could separate us from the love of God that could be bad enough for us to not receive His love. Praise God. But the life that He lives, Jesus, He died, to sin once and for all, but the life that He lives, He lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to who? Alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There's an exchange that happens. When that old man dies, we also need to give up living for that old man. And we need to walk into the freedom of living for a loving God. This is, this is where He always wanted us. This is the place He always wanted us to be. In Him, living for Him. It is the only way that you can experience complete fullness of life. It is the only way that you can truly experience salvation and freedom in the here and now. If you would live a life for God. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to go off now and go on a mission to China unless the Holy Spirit is telling you that. Um, you know, I'm not telling you that you need to give up your job and start working for the church and, and only doing that unless God is telling you that. But what I'm telling you is that the Lord wants us to live for Him. It's not our life anymore. It's His. He bought it. He paid for it. And He lives in you if you receive Him. And in Him you will experience true freedom. True freedom. And He might not take you out of that fuddy that you're in that's not nice. He might not take you out of that fire that you're in right now immediately. He might not take you out of all of the sorrow that you're experiencing. But I'm telling you now, when you're born again of the Spirit, the Lord is with you in it. And all of a sudden, the daggers don't pierce. And all of a sudden, the pain's not as sharp. And all of a sudden, you find freedom and peace in the storm. See, the peace that the world's un world understands is, is the lack of the storm. It's the lack of the turmoil. It's the lack of the challenge or the hurt. But the peace that transcends all understanding that will make its home in your heart as promised in Scripture is the peace that is there in the storm. In the storm. So I don't want to miss this opportunity right now to give you the chance to have Jesus in the boat with you in the storm.
to, to be born again of the Spirit, to, to enter into true salvation and true freedom. This is what Easter is all about. So in this moment, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray. So if we could just have our heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you, Father Lord. I just I know that your Holy Spirit is here because it's what you've promised. And Lord, I know that, that Jesus is real, Father, because I have seen him move in my life. And I've Lord, as I'm living a life in you, Father, I, I'm experiencing true salvation. Father, my prayer right now, Father, is that someone in this house who needs true salvation, who needs release, Father, would be bold and would step out and would and would call out to you and would receive you as their Lord. So while we're in this attitude of prayer with our heads bowed, I want to make that invitation to you because it would be my absolute honor and blessing to be able to pray with you a simple prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if something has touched your heart here this morning and, and you seek that true salvation for the first time, if you've never experienced a relationship with God, with Christ, I encourage you now to just raise your hand nice and high so I can see you, so that I can pray with you. If you would raise your hand nice and high, if you want to receive Jesus into your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, it's just my honor to be able to pray with you. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Praise God. Is there anyone else that wants to receive Jesus into their life this morning to, to make a change? Hallelujah. 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 I would just like you guys that have made this commitment to receive Jesus this morning to just say this prayer with me. And, and if our whole church whanau could say this prayer as well with us. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. I'm sorry for the separation from you. But right now, I turn to you. Father, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I enjoy new life in you from today and forever. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Someone give them a big hand clap. There have been lives changed this morning. Chains being broken and my encouragement to you now, if you prayed that prayer, even if you didn't raise your hand, but you prayed that prayer in your seat, my encouragement to you now is walk out in your salvation. Take it from your head and your heart and take it down to your feet and start walking. Walk into places where you will be built up, where you will be encouraged, where you can walk with other Christians. Walk into places where you won't be broken down, where you won't be torn down. Recognize the patterns of this world and refuse to walk in them. Start renewing. Start having your mind renewed by Christ. Amen. And I would love to chat with you and I'd love to pray with you. And we're going to stand to our feet now and we're going to worship our Father. One more time before we go to tea and coffee. Just give the Lord a big hand clap, would you? Give the Lord a big hand clap.